Microsoft angered the Windows, the cloud, but not the gamers. Happy Friday, friends. It is a special week in uh, this side of the lens because there will be no podcast next week. No podcast next week uh, because I will be traveling through some of the great national parks in this country. And so I will not be able to do a podcast unless it's next to the Grand Canyon and or something like that. So no podcast next week, which means this one has to be extra special because it's got to get you through two weeks. Or maybe when I get back, it's got to be extra special because it's making up for two weeks. Either way, it's time to talk about stuff. Anyways, uh, interesting things going on in the world of Microsoft this week. They made some people really angry. They made some really big changes on the cloud side. And uh, there's some interesting things going on in the gaming world. And so let's just dive in. A, a leaked memo or note, if you will, it says Microsoft expects negative feedback about military HoloLens. And that's not all that surprising. We actually saw a lot of pushback from uh, Google and those employees when Google is getting involved with military contracts. And now that Microsoft has a virtual reality, mixed reality, HoloLens-like headset that's going into the military, there's definitely going to be pushback. And the memo basically just said, we're not surprised to see this happening. And so um, <laughs> shocking, absolutely 0.0% of people who follow uh, what Microsoft is doing in the world. Now, following what Microsoft is doing in the world, this may not impact everybody, but from a business perspective of Microsoft, this is a massive change. Microsoft is making changes to their partner program, and they're really just starting to call it the cloud partner program, which really kind of tells you exactly what the changes are. But there's some really, really big ramifications here, especially on the smaller business side, the ISVs, the independent software vendors or, or managed software partners. The smaller guys, I think, are going to be potentially crushed because of this. And this is not a good thing in my opinion. So what they're doing is Microsoft up until the announcement of this had tiers of like statuses, like where you were in the world uh, of Microsoft partners. There was gold, there was silver, and there was a couple other designations trickled in along the way. And Microsoft is taking all that stuff and just shucking it out into the ether and saying, we are starting over. And now they're coming back with base solution and expert partners, but it's all based around what are you doing for me today type scenario, not what you're doing for me on my legacy stuff. And so if you are a vendor who was building applications, I believe locally in some other instances, Microsoft doesn't really seem to care too much about you anymore. And unless you're doing stuff directly native in the cloud that's going to help them grow their cloud market share, you're going to get basically bumped out of this program. So Microsoft tried to make similar or, or just more aggressive changes like this. Remember, there was some internal use rights stuff uh, a couple of years back that really, that, and then all the vendors pushed back and Microsoft made some changes, but it looks like these changes are going to be sticking here and now they will go into place in October. And so really th like the point of this, if you're saying, well, Brad, what does it really matter? I don't, I'm not a small independent software vendor. Well, the point here is that the, the smaller tier technical shops are going to be in a crunch because having a silver or gold designation is a huge deal for winning business from, you know, in a competitive marketplace. And so if Microsoft is moving the goalposts or the, the qualification lines, those vendors are going to have a much harder time. I've already heard from a couple achieving those statuses, or maybe potentially not even all because their business just doesn't align with what Microsoft wants to grow because Microsoft tends to have this real big, Ooh, shiny object over here. Let's forget about what's over here. Perfect example is windows right? Windows 10 just stagnated. They got rid of leadership. They just said, okay, it's over here. Microsoft just didn't care about it, even though it was making $8 billion. And they said, let's just go cloud, 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 cloud. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, Windows is cool again. And now maybe they're going to make some money over there. 
uh, more than they already do. But that's the Microsoft mentality. And so if you're a if you're a in the partner network, it's going to be this is ruffling a lot of feathers, a lot of I heard from multiple companies who were 20 year plus partners, and they're not going to qualify for the new program. And it's like, geez, you know, the people who helped build up Microsoft's foundation are just getting kicked to the sideline. And that it's gonna, it just doesn't sit right with the people who helped you get to where you are. You're just abandoning them in some capacity. So doesn't just just doesn't feel good so things that also do not feel good and micro and I'm, I'm sure everybody here has heard this already but microsoft ac accidentally put an ad into file explorer now microsoft doesn't really call these things ads they call them tool tips or promoted tool tips or internal tool tips because of what it is it's a, it's pushing an internal product but here's the thing if that link that you click inside of a product that you're not looking at, for as an example, inside of File Explorer, you click a PowerPoint template link that shows up in the little uh, nav tree area, and that is a that to me that is an ad because you could either buy that product or if you don't have PowerPoint, you got to pay for PowerPoint. It's an internal push on a sad on a sad promotion on an ad promotion. Sad and ad they rhyme for a reason. To me, that is an ad. To me, it's it's just not. It's like come on guys, they they claim that this was accidentally turned on but let me explain something if it was accidentally turned on that's one thing but this was a polished experience at least it appeared to be a completely polished experience that is not something that just accidentally happens you don't accidentally put it in there nice and neat with targeting links and tracking urls and everything else like that it was an accident that could very easily just go out to everybody probably starting tomorrow if microsoft felt like it and so i it, this is gonna i I, my mind keeps going back to that that uh, interview with Amy Hood and CNBC where she says she should be talking about Windows more. And it just scares me that we're going to continue to see more ads just kind of leak their way in. I mean, you can, I have a, a weather widget in the bottom of my taskbar here. What if just at one point it flips over for an ad for brawny paper towels and or something like that? Who knows? That's a disgusting thought. I hope Microsoft never goes down that route. But they may do what they do. Uh, there's also a new Surface webcam for $800 dues or about eight mini fridge units. Now, this is a specific webcam that is only going to work with the Surface Hub and the Surface Hub 2S, I believe. And it's a fancy camera. Like, it's got some high-end compute. Uh, I can do auto-focusing on the individual speaking. It's got a wide-angle lens. It is $800. You're definitely getting some margin on this for sure. But if you have a Surface Hub 2S, this is probably the best solution to expand that product line to include a camera and make it a better Teams hub like experience yes there are third-party solutions that can also do this so you can't ignore those uh but if you got a service up to us this is probably the natural addition now 800 bucks it's a lot of money but you got to remember these are going into conference rooms where tens of thousands of dollars are, are spent to outfit them for collaboration like experiences so 800 bucks on top of a you know 2200 ish minimum display it's not that big of a deal, at least in the corporate space. It's not for you to go to try to slap on top of your Surface Laptop Studio by any means. Uh, Microsoft is also bringing its redesigned Office.com to all business and education customers. So that's just, just a little, you know, finishing things up. Uh, Surface, Surface Duo 2, uh, there's a new March 22 firmware update that makes things just a little bit better. So if you're one of those users, um, also speaking of updates that got goofed, uh, Defender goofed up and flagged an office update in an office, Microsoft office update as malware. Yikes, uh, accidents happen. There you go. 
And so one last thing is an internal thing that I worked on. Uh, Start 11 had a major beta go out this week. So if you've been missing taskbar ungrouping, this is a major engineering lift for us. We have brought taskbar ungrouping back to Windows 11, and you can also have your start button on the left and your tasks ungrouped in the center. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun. We got a lot more features coming. And so that is something that we released uh, this week. So on to the gaming and news of the week. Some good stuff on the gaming side, just here a little bit of good stuff. Uh, Microsoft has dramatically, or dramatically, has improved the uh, cloud gaming experience on iOS devices. You gotta remember that Apple continues to kneecap them by not allowing this native operation, so they would do this workaround. Uh, Microsoft says, hey, we've, we've improved it, it's better. I haven't actually tried it yet, but they say it's snappier, it's better resolution. They didn't give us definitive numbers of like how much better it is, but they did say that, uh, for, as an interesting little tidbit, 35% of our iOS device users play 35% longer when compared to their Android counterparts. So people using iOS devices tend to play longer on cloud gaming than they do on Android. So take with that what you will, um, but either way, it's getting better on iOS and who can complain about that? Uh, direct storage is now available for the Windows users. Now remember that is an Xbox technology that has come over to the Windows world that makes your gaming access direct storage, as, a, as it's called, a lot faster, just improving performance by just a little bit. But a little bit of performance here and there adds up to a lot over the way. Uh, new games are coming to Game Pass. I'm just only going to point out two because two of the, these are the two that interest me, so I guess whatever. Uh, Shredders, which is a snowboarding game that has been promoted pretty heavily by Microsoft, actually is now available and also F1 2021 is now available is going to be available I should say on March 24th that might the reason why that interests me is because Drive to Survive just came out and uh, that's a killer series on Netflix if you are not familiar with it even if you don't care about F1 that's just how I got into F1 and I'm sure I'm not the only one it is a wonderful series um, also this week Google confirmed that Stadia is kind of merging into a different service now this is not a surprise at all we actually saw Google Stadia was powering the back end I believe it was uh, a Batman game on AT&T was being powered by Google Stadia that is where Stadia is likely going to survive if it does at all um, now the question becomes is will Google ever kill effectively the front end service which is what we know as stadia right the front end like you can just go play games is that going to survive for now it is because these two things can run in parallel but as of right now google sort of not sort of at the game developer conference really just kind of made it clear it's like look this is the new direction for stadia this is where we're headed this is where we hope we can make money with it and the front end service is just kind of there uh, at least for now also speaking to the gaming side on the negative side of things a uh, gran turismo 7 a flagship game on the playstation side has had a significant outage i think it's still ongoing like 24 hours later they tried to update a update a version and it just went south and so uh i hope that they can get that resolved quickly because there's nothing worse than it, ever nobody's happy about this right uh, you you bought gran turismo you can no longer play it right now that really sucks you're a developer you worked really hard on an update and you push it out and it doesn't work and then you have the people who are actually trying to unwind this or fix whatever is going on i guess just a cluster and i, I feel for these people um, the more frustrating thing is that if you even bought the i believe if you bought the disc version of gran turismo 7 that's not working either so you're like it, the whole game is hosed and it really just highlights the industry as it is that all games are connected to the internet and you really can't control what games you can and cannot play if the things go down or the company gets mad at you so uh keep that in mind 
Whew, that was kind of a lot. Kind of a lot here. So we got a bunch of questions into the hopper this week, which I promise you, my friends, is always the favorite part. So we are going to get started here with Will. He says, is the Surface Studio dead? Any rumors of a possible refresh this year? Personally, I think Microsoft should decouple the display from the computer and just sell the display as a docking screen option for the Surface and any Windows device. Will, I am in the same party as you. That we just want the display. Now, one of the pro one of the problems here is I remember talking to uh, was it Rolf who was talking about the display that if the the display in the Surface Hub or Surface Hub Surface Studio was like eighty percent of the cost, like it was like a two thousand dollar display. The question becomes: Would anybody actually pay two thousand dollars for a standalone Surface display? I'm sure there's a small market who would. I'm sure there would. Uh, but Microsoft would have to figure out how to drop that cost because it's not it's not there. Now, all that being said, Apple just launched their Surface, Surface, <laughs> their, their Studio Display, I think that's what it's called, and it got terrible reviews. The webcam in it apparently is like 480 peasant. It's from like an old phone. The processing is all off. It's just, it, it might be a good display, but the webcam and the center stage are just dramatically like a letdown, I was going to say disappointing, just whatever uh, word you want. Now, they claim they're going to be able to fix some with software, but you can't make a lens bigger once it's already shipped. And so there's going to be constraints and it will get somewhat better, but it's not going to get, it's not going to get dramatically better. So I still think Microsoft should, if they're not going to build a proper Surface, uh, next generation Surface Studio, I hope that they would consider doing a display as a companion unit in the same aspect ratio as this Surface Book 3 because that would be that, that's what I would that's what everybody kind of just wants that's what we want. Uh let's see here who is up next. Jay Wolf says happy Friday Brad. Happy Friday Jay. Uh what are your thoughts on the departure? Oh, good question. I missed this earlier. What are your Thoughts on the departure at the knit. The initiative is perfect dark in trouble or is the whole situation being blown out of proportion? And does Microsoft need to be more hands-on when it comes to building a studio from the ground up? Yes. Good question. So there has been a couple high profile exits from the initiative. There's also been, I believe it was VGC reports also wrote up uh, how they heard that Microsoft doesn't apply a lot of pressure to these, to these, uh, these studios to deliver. Now I want to tell you guys that I have heard similar things that Microsoft is, tries to avoid the crunch culture that has destroyed the gaming industry. It's a, it's known in the industry. Activision is probably one of the bigger offenders of it. And Microsoft has tried to take a step back and say like, that's not the culture we want to drive at, at our gaming studios. And it almost can't, in my opinion, at least so far, it almost feels like Microsoft overcorrected where rather than saying, okay, we're not going to drive crunch culture, but then they gave too much leniency and not enough sort of direct pressure. And so it's, it, there's, there is absolutely a balance as, uh, you know, it's, abstracting things out completely to being a, a project manager of like saying, Hey, we got to get things done, but you don't want to burn out people. And so I, Microsoft may have overcorrected here. And based on the feedback that is coming out of the initiative, it looks like, Hey, uh, things made, things aren't great there. I think that's, that's fair to say. Now, will this set perfect dark back? I mean, more than likely it will. It, it's hard when you have top talent leaving and you have to onboard people and ed and educate them up to the, where they are in the process and what's going on, the story, the narrative, and the, the challenges ahead. That being said, it doesn't look like Microsoft is also like really pushing hard on hitting specific deadlines. So I, I, the game is still going to come out. At least that's how I'm hearing it right now. And it's not canceled by any means. But when you have high level of departures and a lot of departures, it really does. It, it, it 
does not make it easier to get product out the door. Also, I can tell you right now from a personal perspective, hiring in the gaming industry is really competitive right now, really competitive. And so getting top talent is, people are just stealing people from all over the place right now, trying to get uh, senior level executives, designers, and engineers inside of gaming shops. And so there's a lot of money being thrown around. And if you're not, if your employees aren't happy, they have a multitude of options uh, to go do that. Now, Usman couples in here, he says, I want to piggyback the, off this on the same question about 343. You were well aware there were multiple issues inside the studio to get the game out on time. Yes. Yeah, so this, this is the theme that I'm reiterating here is that what is happening at the initiative, we're, we've seen similar effects at what we have seen at 343, which is not a good look. The leadership of these studios needs to make sure that there is accountability and, and enough pressure that things keep moving in the right direction at the right time. Halo is becoming a really interesting scenario, scenario uh, because weren't we supposed to get a roadmap in January about things that are coming, and we kind of sort of got one, but not the roadmap that we were promised? And so, like, that's gone out the window. At this point, Halo shipping stuff is, it's frustrating. I mean, we're going to get a TV show, I believe, starting next week when I'm on vacation. Um, but it's getting frustrating from just the lack of concrete details about when and how things are coming, uh, especially big features. I mean, we are many, many months into the Halo release cycle, and there's still very genuine what we would typically consider like beta or teething problems where there's just not enough content and we don't see enough content flowing in, which means how backed up is the log jam to getting more content out? Is it going to be something like when mid season two comes along and we get the other features like what is it forge and co-op uh, along coming along those ways is like, they're going to be a ton of stuff just dropping then, or what are we, what are we going to see here? And the lack of really sort of candid commentary around the challenges and things going on and why it's been so dry uh, is a little off-putting considering how much money was spent to bring Halo Infinite to market. Uh, Sydney2k says, happy Ides of March, but happy, uh, happy March. I'll just go with that. Uh, when do you think Microsoft will return to in-person events? So far, all events that have been held this year have been online, but do you think we'll see in-person happening later this year, or do you think it will, won't be until 2023? Typically, I'm wondering, the first in-person event, if I had to guess, would be potentially their partner conference that happens in July, at least as of right now. I, I know there might be another Surface event coming along the way at some point, um, but that might be the first one. If not, I'm hoping Ignite, although we got this BA2 floating around and farting around and screwing things up. Uh, so I hope it's in late 2022 or the second half of 2022. That's that's kind of the thing. Google did announce that they're having a sort of in-person event where they're going to have, it's, I think it's just get key partners and some Google employees. Uh, that is the first step. And Microsoft might follow something similar. And then we will see uh, the proper, you know, grandiose uh, plans again. But it, as of right now, it's still not across the industry like when normal events will or will not return. Uh, also, Run says, Hi, Brad. I read Paul's premium article and surprised that he has such a negative view of Windows 11. All bad, not no good. My questions are, do you share his view? Uh, do you think this site will transition to a Linux site? Okay, so I bias aside because I work for a company um, or, or I run a software company that, that makes my windows, as we say, more personal, more productive. I generally like windows 11. I think it's, I think it's good. I think there's a lot of shortcomings and that's what we do is we try to fill some of that. But generally speaking, 
I, I overall like Windows 11. I like the look. I like the theming that Microsoft has come with. I appreciate their uh, desire to actually touch all the corners of the OS to make it actually look like it's been properly updated and everything has been skinned or rounded or softened or acrylic or mica'd or whatever. Um, there's some things there. There's some baffling decisions, primarily the fact that Microsoft decided to rebuild the taskbar, which we all know they just ripped over from 10x. I think they could have saved themselves a lot of headache and a lot of pushback by just taking the taskbar from Windows 10 and just saying, screw it, we're just going to use this. We'll just center everything unless they couldn't. And maybe that's why they had to rebuild it. But either way, Microsoft restarting with the taskbar, uh, which is part of the reason what we're fixing with Start 11, is the, the questionable decision. Nobody really has complained that says, hey, it looks bad. Like the theming looks fine. In generally speaking, it is Windows 10 with uh, some new UI. And yes, there is new functionality coming online. But at the end of the day, like it, to me, knock on wood, it's stable. It does everything I need it to do. It's just missing all the a lot of the power user features, but those are starting to come back. And so I'll be curious to see how Windows 11 shapes up by the time we get Sun Valley 2, which should be shipping here in the fall, which should bring additional functionality back to the OS that should hopefully maybe patch all the corners that we're missing. It's very clear, and I hope everybody agrees with this, it's very clear that Microsoft rushed to meet the deadline of getting Windows 11 out last year. That was, it was a rush job. They they had to get it out for the holiday season. They That's the route they were going to go. And now they were just adding in all the features that they had to cut before they could launch. I realistically think also Microsoft is in the mentality right now that enterprises are not adopting Windows 11. They're not going to be adopting it for a year at least or more. And so right now they have the ability to just keep shoving all those features back in without disrupting their corporate customers who really just need stable iterations. Um, and so I think it'll be, I, I, my guess is that once we get past maybe Sun Valley 2, things will stabilize from a features being shoved down all the time uh, with no updates. So uh, let's see. Uh, the Joe Finn says, does Microsoft think the strategy for low power devices is working? I love the tablet improvements they're making to Windows 11, but my number one feature quest would be to improve performance across the board. I don't know. Um, Microsoft certainly has low power devices. My kid's school uses a Surface Go. I think that's just going to be their go forward strategy at this point. We, I, I keep thinking um, like the ARM stuff is still waiting to really kind of find its own maturity. Yes, there are things from Snapdragon and the 8CX and all that, but none of them have really taken any modest amount of market share or even genuinely threatened what Intel and AMD are doing. Now, the cursory could do that to be is like, look, AMD and Intel have gotten it together and they've got all this stuff running and they've got we've got 12th gen stuff, we've got new stuff coming from AMD and maybe because ARM or slash Qualcomm was entering the market that really got them ignited about doing this stuff again. So I don't know about super low power devices. As of right now, uh, Microsoft is continuing, honestly, the strategy they've had since like 2010. Uh, not much has changed. They've got an ARM entry-level device. It's out there if you want it. They have these low power Intel devices, but I think they're kicking off a lot of that low power stuff just to their vendors and be like, look, here you go. Although there is that rumor that Microsoft is working on their own ARM chip potentially with AMD, but I haven't heard when that is gonna be coming to market, so. Uh, Ignore Max says, I asked you this on Twitter. You can always find me on Twitter at BD Sams. But have you, 
uh, but have you seen it? But have you guys thought about creating a gaming-focused UI like Steam Big Picture or Play Night for Windows at Stardock? Would be cool for when you stream games to your PC or your or your Stream Deck uh, instead of the regular desktop UI. Uh, it's certainly possible. The question becomes like it it really comes down to a business question. Like, is this something people are willing to pay for? And candidly, I don't know if people would be willing to pay for something like that. They might if we could put in some compelling features, but the problem is I think the compelling features would have to iterate back into a store experience in some capacity, and Stardock doesn't have a, a gaming store. We certainly sell games, uh, but I think it would need to be linked directly to like a Steam or a uh, Microsoft store so that people can just have one experience across all of it. It would be tough. It's not something we couldn't do. It's just question. It's trying to drive the justification and putting the engineering time into that. We have a lot of other products we got to get refreshed. Uh, people keep asking us about Groupie Two, uh, and that is on our agenda. So I'm not saying no, we would never do this, but we haven't found the correct, the way, the the quite the right business justification yet uh, for that yet. So, and then we have Mr. PKI wrapping it up as he usually does. He says. Paul Thrott said that Windows Search on Windows 11 is horrible and unusable. Any thoughts on how Start 11 might be able to help since you are fixing things in the overall experience on Taskbar now? Mr. PKI, we have our own search experience built in, baked in to Start 11. So one of the problems I have with Start 11, or Start 11, with Windows 11, is when you open up your, your Windows menu, when I see when you see this, I apologize because I'm going to ruin it for you, and you start typing to search, it, it fires up another window. Like it's not the same, it's not integrated within the same plane. It's in a whole other app and window experience. So with Start 11, we actually keep it inside that window experience. Also, we use, uh, I believe it's more of a Windows 7 style search experience. It's not pulling in junk from MSN, like trending searches and all that stuff. It is truly just a stripped back version of search down to the basics. I highly recommend everybody give it a shot because that is what I do day in and day out. Um, so there's your, your integrated promo. Um, and then his second question, any chance you will provide us weekly reviews of the Halo TV series starting next week as a premium feature offering? Well, first off, it would not be premium. Uh, everything on the podcast will always stay like this because I enjoy doing it for the eight to 10,000 people who tune in uh, roughly on a weekly basis. And so, uh, no, at least not yet, because next week's a problem because I'm going to be on vacation and I don't plan to be watching Halo TV series next week, uh, but I do plan to watch the series. I think I've, I, I plan to watch the Halo TV series, so uh, maybe there'll be some feedback along the way, but I, I'm not a movie critic. I'm not a show critic. Um, I'm just a... <laughs> I was going to say just a critic of everything. But either way, uh, that wraps it up, my friends. That wraps up this week of jaunting and juggling questions and Microsoft-isms and everything else. And so hopefully you had a wonderful week and hopefully your next week will be better. I'll be back in roughly two weeks or so once I'm back and burned from the desert. And uh, that wraps it up for this week. We'll catch all of you right back here next time. <laughs>